Next time on a very spooky fine dining podcast, the season one finale, TGI Fridays the 13th. Oh, you betcha. Pineapple's gonna hit the fan as Michael's son, Juicy, or in this episode, Juice son, Voorhees, <laughs> goes on a murderous rampage and no one is safe. It gets real spooky, it gets real bloody, and not everyone's gonna make it to the end of the episode. Who will live, who will die? Listen to Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, break down a trip to TGI Fridays based on the atmosphere, the service, and the food, and try not to be scared to death. Hear the thrilling finale of Fine Dining, Wednesday, October 25th, wherever you get your podcasts. migrated to the United Kingdom last year, I say, if you're coming to our country, the very least you can do is listen to this podcast. I'm Harriet Langley-Swindon, and this is Non-Censored. Hello, and welcome to Non-Censored, the podcast that rounds up the highlights of my very popular and very real radio show. And this week, the show is brought to you by men's grooming brand, Manscaped. We'll be talking a bit more about that later in the show, a sort of sponsored content sort of thing, but it'll be very subtle and you won't notice we're doing it. As always, I'm joined by my producer, producer Martin. Hello, producer Martin. Hello, Harriet. It's uh, it's good to be back, <laughs> ready for another uh, thrilling episode, I'd say. Thrilling it was indeed. I mean, it was jam-packed this week, wasn't it, Martin? You had a, a real time of it trying to edit it down for the podcast. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, so many things that we didn't have time for. I mean, we had a brilliant interview with Owen Patterson, the former MP and arch-Eurosceptic, explaining why he was using the European Courts of Human Rights to sue the government for sacking him. But unfortunately, over the course of the recording of that interview, the tape actually folded in on itself, rendering it absolutely unusable. So that was, that yes. was a shame. Quite a thing to behold, how it just sort of fell apart under um, even the lightest of sort of probing. Um, but there you go, that's, that's what happens when you use... Dodgy no one, equipment, yes, I suppose. No one's, no one's fault. No one's fault. We also had Mick Lynch on to explain why he was ruining Christmas. But do you know what, Martin? I'm not going to play that because he just kept saying things like the 16th of December isn't Christmas and I won't insult you, my dear listeners, by wasting your time with that. Yes, no, fair enough. Fair enough. He, he can be quite a, 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 a aggressive man as well, I think, sometimes. It's just not on. It was just not on. Though... We did have time for some really quite wonderful stuff. I mean, we had the politician of the year. Um, I mean, you're a fan, aren't you, Martin? Oh, well, yeah, this guy, absolutely. <laughs> if you can call him a guy, he's a bit more than that. Well, yes, he's a, he's a winner. I am, of course, talking about Sir Keir Starmer. Keir Starmer, welcome Hello. back to the show. Hello, thank you for having me back. A, a pleasure. I, I would like to very quickly put the record straight about my yes. previous appearance on the podcast. Right, um, of course. You published it under the headline, Keir Starmer wants to chop off protesters' heads. And I just wanted to clarify, I, I never said I never said that. Well, you did you, say you that, Keir. Have, We've got it. We've got I think it recorded. I, I think I might have sneezed. I think what happened was I, I sneezed in a certain way that perhaps sounded a bit like... um 
chop off the protesters' hands. You know, um, chop off the protesters' hands. That's often what it sounds like when I when I sneeze. And I think there may have been some confusion there. I have had some angry emails. So if you could put this one out under the title, he sneezed, sorry, I would really appreciate that. Well, well, Circuit, we, we do have the, uh, I think we have the clip right here. I can just, can just play oh, it for you. Great. And Yes, let's, let's just clear it up. Climate protesters, are you going to prosecute them? Yes. Yes, of course. Oh, you are? Yes, simple as that. I'm a prosecutor. That's my job. I'm a prosecutor. Lock them up. I say, chop off their heads. Wow. And I don't think you're old. Uh, can I just say... Can you, cut, can you cut the bit where I said chop off their heads? Yep, yeah, a sneeze. A sneeze. Very clearly, audibly, a sneeze. Right. Okay. Okay, good. Well, um, we'll make sure we don't do that again. So good to get time. that sorted out. Now... Keir Starmer, I want to say to you, congratulations oh, on your award from you the so much beloved much. and admired paper, Time Magazine, The Spectator. Oh, what? The Spectator. Oh, right. Yes, sorry, I get them mixed up. I I do have to say, I mean, obviously, congratulations on on being named Politician of the Year. But Thank do you, so much. you feel that um, perhaps be winning this award from uh, well a publication that is vehemently uh, conservative, maybe align to you a little too closely to their values. You think there's a lot of Labour supporters out there will, will be uh, concerned that maybe you're no. um, getting a little too close to the no, conservative. I'm, I'm, I would say kingmakers. everybody knows that uh, that people on the left. Uh, like me and 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 support what I do, you know, with the Labour Party, for goodness sake, you know, we we represent the working people, but um, but I think it's important to to find consensus, you know, to find common ground and to uh, to. I think if a, a conservative racist publication likes you, it doesn't mean they like you because you yourself are racist or conservative, so or even that you've done anything racist or conservative specifically to appeal to them. So I don't think it looks wrong to enjoy receiving this award or looks like courting people who might alienate my party's traditional. I think the, the main thing I think we should remember is that I've won Politician of the Year and it's been awarded by a major publication with, with a lot of readers. So I think it really shows a, a growing popularity. Martin, did you, um, did you get the fruit basket, I said? I did. Thank you so very much. There was quite That's a lot good. of um, quite a lot of cantaloupe uh, yes, melon yes. in there, which is well, I actually what I said last time about being a being a floating voter. Oh, it's it's my favourite, and oh. <laughs> I mean, ooh, you know, we probably shouldn't talk about it too much, no, otherwise, no, 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 um, just, just making sure you know, that it, it, it there, I, will, I will tip the DPD. <laughs> Why do you think that you won the award? Why Why were you the spectator's politician of the year? People are sick of politicians with, with no depth, you know. People are sick of politicians who just, uh, they say what they what they think they need to say in order to get away with, with whatever happens. And, and I think what they're, what they're pleased with is to see somebody who's a real person, you know, a politician with a, with a bit of character and a bit of a sense of fun. But, 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 Sakir, often you're accused of not having a sense of fun or a sense of character. And, and in fact, this week, uh, Mick Lynch, he described you as being a bit vanilla. I love vanilla. Vanilla is a, is a delicious flavour. Have you eaten, a, a, like, a, a luxury top brand yoghurt? Yes, I have, yes. You know, one of the proper Greek-style ones with the sort of, yeah. like, vanilla bean pod oh, kind the, of flavours. Um... Madagascan yeah, vanilla. Yeah, yeah. Have you had that stuff? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I, well, I can't have it too often, but um, you know, it's otherwise an occasional it puts me off. treat. 
Yes, yeah, absolutely. In this cost well, yeah, of living you... crisis under the under Tory chaos, we can't treat ourselves to Madagascan vanilla all that often. So what a treat to have a politician in charge who reminds us of delicious Madagascan vanilla. Thank you, Mick Lynch. Thank you for the compliment. You know, we've been putting up with 12 years of Tory mismanagement, Tory failure, mm-hmm. 12 weeks of Tory chaos. What's wrong with somebody who's maybe a, a little bit more bland? You know, maybe people are sick of these politicians who, who taste like um, like a, a very exciting flavour, like, um, I, I, I don't know, let me let me try and think of a, a really outrageous flavour, like, uh, like um, strawberry perhaps. You know, we've had years and years of these strawberry flavour politicians, very overwhelming flavours, a lot to take in. Maybe it's okay to take things easier and deal with somebody a, a little more refined, a little more classy with that Madagascan vanilla flavour. And for yes. the people who say that I'm a bit of a bore and not much fun, I'll have you know I'm sitting on a whoopee cushion right now. Are you? I pranked you? myself before I came on this podcast because I knew you were going to accuse me of being a bland vanilla type person. So I, I mean, sat la- on a whoopee cushion before I sat down. Okay, well, no, that's wonderful, your, your whoopee cushion, and I, I wish you luck in, in your attempts at humour. But, Sakir, obviously you have to get on, you're a very busy man, and you've got to continue celebrating your big win. But what I did want to ask you was, so at the Spectator Party, you must have been around a lot of Tories. Yes, yes, I was, yes. Now, in your recent interview with The Times, you admitted that you had kissed a Tory. And I just wondered if, I mean, did anything happen at the Spectator Party? Well, look, you know, I'm a, I'm a happily married man. I'm a family man. You know, my, my days of kissing Tories may, may well be in the past now that I've settled down, but I, I stand by what I said, you know. I, I have kissed a Tory. I don't believe in all this tribalism. I I think that, that you know, whether or not you disagree or agree with somebody on, on fiscal policy is no reason to refuse to give them a, a, a big sloppy wet one, you know, if that's what you feel mm. like doing. But I'm not interested in this tribalism. Have, have you kissed uh, SNP? I have kissed people from the SNP, yep, a few, uh, few the... snogs. Few Democrats? I've given a rim job to a Liberal Democrat. Right. Um, I didn't really want to bring it up, but you, you went there, so there we go. No, do you know what the, and the if public you must, like if this? you must know, I've done butt stuff with people from the Green Party. That's That's the total... Total sort of range of the people I've, I've I've dabbled with, but like I say, I'm a happily married man. A uh, plaid Cymru. I've played footsie with someone from plaid Cymru. Oh uh, right, okay. Just under okay. a table, uh, just a little little cheeky sort of little nudge with the toe. It's all before I entered politics, of course. You know, I, I, when you're in politics, you've got to then, you know, be professional in the workplace. But yes, you know, in my in my youth. All sorts of naughty things have been done. Well, that doesn't sound very vanilla at all, does it? No, exactly, exactly. That's why I want these stories out there. Some people might think it's embarrassing to share this stuff, but I want people to know that I'm an exciting guy who's done crazy things. I own a skateboard, for goodness sake. I've never used it, but it's there. You know, one day I I might think, oh, to hell with it all. I'll skate to the shops. Sakir, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Vote Labour. Now, Martin, I hope you don't mind me saying, but I've noticed that you're not very confident 
at the uh, moment. Well, well, uh, well I, I, I suppose you could say that yes, yes. You just need. To, I think you just need something, don't you? Just, just seem a bit low. You need something to to make you feel like a man again. Well, I mean, I, I, I suppose I, I wouldn't say no to have a bit of empowerment, sure. Because I think what could really help you, and I, I hope you don't mind me saying here, is the importance of finding a good grooming routine. Uh, well, uh, Okay, I, I suppose. I mean, what, 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 what do you know about it? Well, Martin, I'm talking about Manscaped. You could, for example, use the lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. What? I mean, that I do love. Then, I Martin, could... add in Manscaped's top of the line shower products to have the people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. Martin, Santa cares about his sack, and so should you. Well, I mean, Look I don't... nice, Martin, when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com and use the code SNOWFLAKES for free shipping and 20% off. Well, I, I suppose it would be a good idea. Uh, if not for me, then, you know, poss- poss- possibly as a gift. Yes, Martin, it's never too early to play holiday music and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts, whether it's for a friend or the friends in your pants. You can make this a season to be jolly with Manscaped. Okay, are you are you reading this off a piece of paper? No, Martin, do you know what you'll like this? Because all of Manscaped's shower gear is vegan, Martin. Oh, I do like that, actually, yes. yes. sulfate-free. Well, there, there you go. Yes. There you go. Yes. Can't say better than that. Martin, smelling good doesn't just stop at the shower. You, you can... It has a ball deodorant and a crop reviver ball toner. I don't really feel yes. very comfortable you talking about my... Martin, it can solve stank problems all day long. Stank. Once I... they touch your sack, Martin, you'll never go back, Martin. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SNOWFLAKES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code SNOWFLAKES. Manscaped, get your jingle bells ready for the holidays. Be like Martin. That's, I mean, I didn't say, but I, I might just write down that that code, actually. That does sound good. Another thing that will keep you fresh, Martin, is an interview with best Laura in the world, Suella Braverman. Suella, best Laura in the world. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. My pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Suella, you were in front of the select committee this week and a clip went viral when fellow Tory MP Tim Lawton questioned you on our asylum system. So let's put all that to best. This is the place where you can say your bit. So really, I want to start by asking, how do you legally come into the UK. Okay, okay, let's start by reminding everybody, you know, we did win the last election, okay? We are winners. We have the mandate, okay? And if anybody legally comes to this country and applies for asylum, they will be living under a government that won the last election. Yes. Yes. We won the last election. We won, okay? So we've got the mandate to dictate and set out migration policy, refugee policy, and asylum seeker policy, okay? So that is the policy that we have, and we have it, and we implement it because we won the last general election. 
unanimously. Wonderful. I mean, yeah, that that was brilliant. But let, let's really deep dive into the asylum policy Absolutely. that yes, we have. Let's do. Uh, let's now, deep dive into it. Let's deep dive into it. Um, because of course there are there are channels available to people, isn't there? There are legal mm-hmm. routes that people can do. There are so but many I, routes. I think Tim Lawton sort of picked up on on um, how if someone's having to flee an African country, there isn't any any legal route for them to do so. So how do they get to the country and how do they apply for asylum? Let's just clear I mean, this up. There are plenty of legal routes to get from any country to any country. Okay, we have embassies everywhere, as you know. You know we're Britain, and that's what we did. We um, we expanded our country to include other countries because we're like a big family, and because we expanded a family all around the world, we have embassies everywhere. So, quite frankly, if you are if you are in an African country and you want to come here, and I can't think why the weather's magnificent in Africa, as I understand. Um, you know, if you're there and you think, oh, yeah, I'd like Rwanda's to come, experience- gorgeous. Oh, I mean, the, have you have you been there? I mean, a lot of people haven't even been there. I mean, you don't really have the right to judge whether or not people should be sent there. If you've not been, I guarantee the hospitality, so friendly, the friendliest people you can imagine. So if you're in a country in Africa, go to the embassy, you say, yes. knock, 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 excuse me, can I come in? Can I come in? And we say, yes, of course you may come in. Come in and you apply to come to this country look for asylum, uh, look to, for refugee status, or maybe you just want to come and sample the fine cuisine. Hey, so, Ella, I love that. So wherever people are, they can go and they can do a friendly knock-knock at their neighbour uh, British embassy. I, I just want to, to know, though, I mean, if they're fleeing their government, for example, if they're being persecuted by their government, would it not be difficult for them to then go into the British embassy? I, I mean, would they be in trouble for, for being seen doing that? Get a haircut. Wear a hat you know um you know put a bag over your head um but there's lots of ways you can walk into an embassy without anyone and i'm sorry what it would be quite the coincidence for you to go into a british embassy and look for safety and have the person who doesn't want you to be safe like watching you if they you know it's just everybody just needs to calm down a little bit okay if you're being hunted down chased or whatever, it's not just you. It's the whole population. It's very unlikely that the person who hates you is going to be following you into the embassy when there's probably millions of other people they could be oppressing at the same time. So if I, I, I would just go to the embassy. It's unlikely. And you know what? If it does happen to you, if you go to the embassy and the guy who wants to kill you is behind you, well, maybe it was just your time. So just just to clarify, uh, you're suggesting that the the best and legal correct route for someone to uh, apply for um, for asylum in the UK is to put a bag on their head and walk to the embassy. Well, is that- no, oh, Cardinal, I think not- she was just saying you can get a little haircut. Have you seen The Fugitive, Rehousing Ford? Oh, my God. The Fugitive, it's a, it's a brilliant film. It's a remake of the old version, which is a, a film I didn't watch. Um, but there's a new, the Harrison Ford version, he shaves his beard. He's unrecognisable. He shaves his beard, guys, and he dyes mm. his hair. It takes 20 years off him. It's fantastic. So you, you should watch The Fugitive and see what he does because he, he actually goes on the run for quite a... Most of the film is on the run. It really does work uh, works wonderfully and let me just remind you you're about to interrupt me and i can i can see you're about to interrupt me let me remind you we won the last election it was a landslide it was a landslide okay so we have Uh, established the right to control our borders right so suella the fugitive effect that's is that an official government policy oh harriet come on let's expand mrs doubtfire Mrs. Doubtfire, I didn't know it was Robin Williams, the whole movie. Mrs. Doubtfire, he put on tights. He wore a wig. You know, it yes. doesn't have to be the fugitive. You know, um, white chicks, 
the whole movie. There was white in the whole... If you're in Rwanda and you want to get out of Rwanda, and I can't imagine why, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. place. But if you were there, why didn't you watch the movie White Chicks, see what they do to African-American males, white-face themselves, the whole movie, they look white. Do that. No one has initiative these days. No one's taking responsibility. See, this is what, what's well, interesting, isn't it? They say there's no legal channels left for, for some countries. And you're just showing mm. that there is. You just have to be a bit inventive. And I think that's the thing. These these asylum seekers, they're not really being creative enough. I think, how desperate are you? Um, Suella, is there... Now, I understand that you have already provided one very clear and, and sensible approach for people Mm. to apply for asylum if uh there was someone as there may well be that uh is being persecuted Mm. uh they would like to apply for asylum uh through the legal routes but they do not live near a fancy dress shop Mm. what what would you suggest if they don't have an like an h&m Somewhere that they can maybe pick up some new a new style of clothes, or perhaps even if their local barbers aren't aren't uh, open, perhaps they don't even have a barber in oh, their I, in their what village. places like I mean, this it exist well, well it doesn't they, exist it doesn't exist you know, these places don't exist they don't exist however the, first of all some so, like it I hot mean, some like it hot did you know it was two men playing the, the two two men playing the leads very famous men Tony Curtis and the other one Okay, some like it hot, just in case you want people, yeah. just in case you're yeah. out there listening and you want more references for disguises. It's a wonderful film, classic film. But anyway, if you don't live in a fancy dress shop, what I suggest you do is you vote conservative at your next election. Okay, vote conservative because we won the last election. I think you'll find there's no oh, shortage wonderful. of fancy dress shops in this country. Why? Because we're voting for the party that looks after you and your interests and yes. provides you with what you need to take personal responsibility for the, for the direction of your life. Now, these people, they vote for these parties that don't bother with fancy dress and parties we're the party of the parties as you know you're going to vote for these boring places that don't party you're not going to get fancy dress shops on your high street so how is that britain's fault that somebody in afghanistan doesn't have a fancy dress shop what's they do in halloween yeah. this is not our responsibility so you know what you do you improvise you can do lots of things to disguise yourself and i've just given you lots of examples okay you don't need a fancy dress shop to do white face you just need tipex plenty of, and people don't use tipex anymore so there's loads of it about because we stopped using it. Well, I mean, I, f- I feel like uh, perhaps we shouldn't encourage pe- people to put Tipex on their on their faces. Uh, well, I it depends, Martin, how much people skin. want to come to this country, doesn't it? How desperate are well, you? Some people yeah, come here and they say we're desperate. So. They, we're desperate. Well, you're not that yeah. desperate. You didn't even give yourself a mullet. Give yourself a mullet. People be like, oh, that's that person isn't a fugitive. It's Pat Sharp. Carry on with your day, you know? Give yourself, uh, you, you know what you can do? You yes. can stick a bowl on your head and cut around it. You don't need a barber for that. You just need a bowl. And please don't tell me that we've got to supply bowls for the rest of the world. I mean, you, you liberals. Is there anything people can do for themselves? Is there anything? Tell me. Let you tell me. What can people do for themselves? They can't get a bowl. They can't well, cut their I, hair. They can't put tablets in their face. What you, can they do? I just sort of, I mean, if, if you really do want an answer, I, I, I feel like maybe sometimes things are a bit harder to do when you're um, 
when you're living under the threat of uh, persecution and potential. Ugh, Martin. Oh, God. Martin. Always. I mean, listen, Death. you'd think we didn't win the last election. So, Ella, thank you so much for coming on. I really think you've cleared up everyone's questions here. And and I think, I wish you'd just said all this to Tim Lawton on the Select Committee, because I really think people would have been convinced. I, I wish I wish I'd said it too. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call him right now and I'm going to I'm going to recommend White Chicks. I don't think he's I don't think he's seen it. Um, and if, if he had seen it, he wouldn't have asked me such a stupid I question. Think he would, I don't think he's watched it either. Right. Well, yes, there you go. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much. You're welcome. We won, by the way. Now, as regular listeners will be aware, this is a very, very intellectual podcast. And we like to have very intellectual people on. And our next guest, I think, is the most intellectual of them all. Uh, but, but you didn't you didn't show producer Martin. You weren't there I, for the magic. I wasn't there for the magic, and uh, to be honest, I I didn't care to be there. I've, I've got to say, right. I, I I well, you, I don't agree with all of his policies, and 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 certainly not his opinions on lobsters. That's just where I stand. It's a red line for me. And and you don't have many red lines, actually, I think, as we've we've kind of experienced during our, our time together working. That's true. My my lines tend to be a sort of beige and yes. they, they can they can swiggle around um most most things, but lobsters is where I draw it. My red one. I'm sure you've all guessed, well, all, all our most intelligent listeners, that we are talking, of course, about Jordan Peterson, uh, media personality, psychologist, author and professor of, well, life, really. Fascinating chat. Fascinating man. Let's take a listen. Free the lobster. Jordan Peterson, what an honour to have you on the show. I'm glad. I'm glad you think it is an honour because it is honour is a very important thing uh, to me and I know to you. So thank you sincerely, Harriet. You are very, very welcome. Now, we are, we could talk about so many things with such a brain as you, but I particularly want to talk about Twitter. Now, you are back on Twitter. Is this the return of the fun times on, on social media? Well, I suppose that depends on your definition of the word fun. Yes. Uh, it's important to be specific in your speech. Um, I, I do not uh, mean to be hyperbolic, but I, I do consider Elon Musk as messianic, a sort of Zeusian warrior standing atop the pinnacle of discovery that is Twitter, his arms glistening in, in the sun. And that's where we are now. Wow. We're back the golden age has re-begun. And you've also quoted as saying, I think you tweeted, Musk, that you thought he is so funny, is is what you wrote. So oh. he's he's not just a god, but a, but a rather cheeky, funny god as well. That's correct. Uh, one of the senses people often forget about is a sense of humour. And I, I make a lot of jokes. And Elon, I, I don't know if you saw this, but when he bought Twitter, he brought a sink. <laughs> And said, let that sink in. Oh, my and goodness. That is, I mean, you don't seem to be laughing. Did you already see the... Uh, no, did you? The, no I, do, I do see how funny that is. Because I, I sink it, yes. can have two meanings. A lot right. of words mean a lot of different things. Yes, okay. And in yeah. this case, that double meaning was used for comedy. 
Right. Well, I mean, you you know, you're a, a brainy man who also knows his comedy, I, I guess. I mean, you've talked in the past with people like Ricky Gervais and, and things like that, haven't you? So, um, yeah, well, I would not necessarily consider people like Ricky as uh, a comedian per se, but sort of a, a free speech philosopher of our time, a modern day uh, Jesus Christ, if you will. I think he'd rather like that. So... It all sounds very noble. Uh, you're painting Elon Musk and, and Ricky Gervais's figures as who can be seen as figures of mockery, as actually quite godly types. I mean, the the jester is hired to make fun of the king, but it is on the king's terms. I think the saddest thing that Twitter has become over the years is a place for woke moralists to create parody videos of people uh, pretending to be someone else. And I can't imagine an existence more tragic than that. Wow, sorry. Uh, sometimes I hear you speak and it's it's literally like being sat with Socrates or something like that. Well, this is the thing with, with words. And I think Socrates himself would say that the way one speaks and the way those words are interpreted uh, the way one listens is important. And when you speak, you must do so with specificity. Right. Uh, generality generally is unspecific. Right, I see. I, I completely understand what you just said. Mm. And as someone who, who is a bit of a weaver of words, do you see Twitter as another vessel in which to, to speak to the people or do you feel restricted by the, the small word count? I think the restrictions now, I, I feel with Elon Musk at the helm, these restrictions will go. And I envisage a world where tweets are no longer limited by the characters, oh but the character limits the tweets, if right. you will. Oh, right. Basically, this is a new dawn for Twitter. I believe so. It yeah. is uh, all the entire world um, exists within natural social hierarchy. You can see this from Twitter to lobsters and uh, Twitter is based on a bird. Birds exist in hierarchies. Who is at the top of the tree? Who is at the bottom of the tree? And Elon Musk is a, a sort of emu who's now in charge of the tree from the bottom to the top. So he must have some sort of uh, elevation an, device, an, probably an a Tesla. emu. Yes, I, I, think, I think that, well, I say emu, but what do you hear when I say the word emu? Do you see a bird or do you see a, a billionaire? Uh, these words we use, I, right. I see a, a bird. When you said uh, emu, I thought of uh, an emu, a, a bird. Well, this is right. this is a, a, a prime example of very limited thinking, because oh. when I say a word and you yes. picture just the one thing, well, words mean a lot of things. Uh, you talk yeah. about, you know, beef. Well, beef yes. can be it can be a, an edible bovine product or in some disadvantaged communities, it could mean a disagreement. Now, I ask oh. you, Harriet, would you like a disagreement burger? I would say you would say <laughs> no. Oh, Oh, that, Jordan, that was very clever and also also rather funny. I was not intending to be funny, but again, this provides okay. another example okay. of no. limited yeah, of thinking, yeah, I, I would no. say. Yeah, I, I, no, I, I get that. Now, just before, I know you're a very busy man, so I don't want to keep you, but let's talk about you leaving Twitter because you left Twitter. You, I think you tweeted something that was a bit offensive to some people and Twitter Well, that is, I would... I would qualify that offense is taken, not given. And when you take yes. something 
well, you've taken something. I gave you no permission to take that offense. So mm. my consent was not involved there. So who really who really is the offensive one? I mean, I, I, I completely agree and understand uh, mm. with, what, with what you're saying there. So for you, was it because I don't think you were outrightly banned, were you? You were sort of you, you basically had to delete the tweet and you weren't prepared to do that. Was that you? Was it important to you to stick by your principles oh. to say something that might up, upset a, a group of people? Well, I, I mean, did I upset a group of people or were a number of individuals who have sovereignty over themselves, yeah. were they offended? Potentially. But yeah. does that make it my fault? Am I accountable for my actions? I would argue almost never. Oh, wow. Okay, brilliant. Brilliant. So I left Twitter. I did, yeah. but it was because of a, a woke moralist elitist top-down ruling, which now... Yes. Now it's owned by someone who's much more fair in their endeavors and and more world knowing like uh, Elon. Um, I think things will get better and I will no longer be asked to apologize for things because I I don't like doing that. Harriet, uh, do you know how many times the word sorry is in the Bible? How many times? It is not. It appears um, not at all. Wow. And I think wow. these traditions we need to hark back to of yeah. strength of men and women and of power being yeah. the natural way of things. That's where we need to get back to. And the person who I wanted the helm of that ship is a handsome man called Elon Musk. Now, Jordan, there was an awful lot mm. of criticism from, from people on the internet. And some of that criticism was very, very forceful. Um, what do you think should be done about those people? Well, I think it's mm. clear they are lesser people on, right. on the, the traditional hierarchy. And when someone like myself is trying to improve the world by talking and telling people about things, these people who abuse me... I think must be silenced. I mean, Twitter at its core is a private company. Yeah. It is owned and there are regulations and hate speech should not be targeted at a man who is as smart as I am. Right. You should be attacking people who are doing damage and these people are damaging specifically me or mm. trying to were I not so grounded and solid in myself, but they yeah. should be silenced. Yes. Okay. Well, I don't think anyone can argue with that. I don't think anyone can say that's hypocritical or anything. No, um, it's impossible to argue with mm. uh, the points that I make. Thank you very much. And I hope you come back on the show soon. I might. I may. Okay. All right. Now, our interview this week was with Marina Perkis, commentator and podcaster. You may know her as the co-host of political podcast, The Troll. This was one of your ones, wasn't it, Martin? You booked this one in. Oh, well, yes. I thought uh, she was absolutely marvellous. It was a great conversation and, uh, you know, thrilling to have someone uh, working in a, in a similar sort of position to you, Harriet. I thought well, she's was... a rival, isn't she, Martin? She's a rival. Let's, let's be blunt here. She's... Um, She's a lefty wokey rival. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, just happens to be on TV a bit more than you. No, I'm on not, TV a lot, actually, Martin. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, it's not a problem. Thank you. I'm on, sure. GB News offered me my own show. Yes, well, I mean, we could talk about that till the cows come home. Cause, we could, we, we could, couldn't we? But unfortunately, the cows do have to come home. Let's have a listen. Marina, 
welcome to the show. Hello, Harriet. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. Now, I don't know how much you know about the show, how much you've listened to it, but we do like to get all viewpoints across. Um, we're big on that here. We're big on hearing from, you know, from the Wokies, the Guardian readers, the Owen Jonesists, you know, all, all of the sort of strange, more wrong people in, in society. So thank you for coming on. <laughs> well, after that introduction, I'm, I feel like I'm in the right place. Yes, yes, you are. You are in the right place. I mean, um, you and I, we're both opinionists. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go on shows and spout opinions. I spout opinions on my show. But I, I guess what I want to start by saying is, I mean, you've, you've been on a few shows. You've been on Jeremy Vine, where I believe you did many things like being rude about the royal family. Why do in your opinion, they put people with the wrong opinion on? Oh, so that's an interesting question, Harriet. So it's very subjective, actually. So you say wrong and you're Mm. implying implying that I have the wrong opinion? I wouldn't say implying, I'd say actually accusing, yes. On any particular matter or all of the matters that I've spoken about on um, Jeremy Vine? Most matters, uh, I don't know if, if we share any uh, um, opinions, but I, I'm sure you've got some it. right opinions. Um, um, not as right as you. Uh, no, not as right as me. No. No. Um, I, I think Jeremy Vine, for example, booked mm-hmm. me because I offer a balanced view. And actually, when you're arguing against fact versus fiction, I, I feel like I'm in a good position to give facts. In fact, I'm not paid, so like yourself, Harriet. You, yes. uh, you're paid by yes. whatever it is you're from, which has an agenda, right? Uh, right, a right-wing agenda. Whereas I'm not. I'm actually very free, and my full-time job has got nothing to do with politics. So I can just speak without agenda and without having to please my paymasters. Marina, I also just speak what I believe. There's no puppets to me, is there? But producer Martin can verify well, this. Well, I, I'm I, not I sometimes feel. I feel like a bit of a puppet sometimes. I sort of feel... And it's, it's interesting that you say... Marina, I, I mean, I actually am a, a, quite a big fan. Uh, I agree with a lot of your opinions. I think you make a wonderful, wonderful points. Um, I also don't really get paid for, for my work. Um, that's, you know, something that I'm, I'm working on. But, I, well, it's... it's I, I, mean, you, I, I bought you lunch the other week. That's true. That's, so I guess I do get payment yes. in kind. But I mean, my, my point was that I, I can I understand where you're coming from, um, but I don't necessarily always feel like I have the freedom to to say oh, that's how I feel. So it, it's good to have people like you that are championing the voices of of common sense and decency. Or the wrong, apparently. <laughs> yes, the wrong. I'm yes, doing the common sense and decency, Martin, as you know. I mean, Marina, I'm really, I kind of say what the people are all thinking. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, if you tell me then what your thoughts are, Harriet, on opinion polls. So we are seeing opinion polls swing in the favour of Labour, for example. They have now got a storming lead above your Conservatives. And what about Brexit? It looks like there's a sea change there and people are changing no. their minds and they're realising it's not COVID and it's not the war in Ukraine. It's just Brexit. No, see, Marina, this is what you don't understand. Opinion polls, it depends where you look. They can pull them out of anywhere. I don't know if you saw, but Elon Musk, he does some wonderful opinion polls and his is very fair because he speaks to all of Twitter and all of Twitter said, yes, we want Trump back. We want Kanye. 
And that's the kind of poll I'm all for. Not these little polls that they do for, you know, little left-wing magazines or obscure I don't know, left-wing think tanks. Oh, then I've got Ooh, to... like YouGov or... Yes, well, like YouGov. YouGov owned by, I think it's, it's Nadim Zahawi, that very left-wing uh, polling company. Or did you see the GB News poll this week? I think it was just a couple of days ago, actually. They put out a poll to their viewers to ask whether uh, Brexit, I think, should be reversed was the question. And this is a GB News poll. And it came back that actually... Um, People were not in favour of Brexit anymore. I think that was a mistake. You know what? I think that was a mistake. I think that that poor old Martin, not not producer Martin, but Martin on, on GB News, I think someone pulled a trick on him. No. Oh, because okay. if you talk to anybody, Marina, about Brexit, anyone who's a Brexiteer, we know what we voted for, OK? We know what we voted for. We know what we wanted. And at the moment, they're just getting Brexit done for us. That's Harry, what's what did what did you want? Because I because I remember pre-referendum, you and Farage are chums, right? Oh, stop it! I mean, I don't <laughs> like to talk about it, but um, yeah, we go for a pint every now and again. Uh, he's a very very funny man, and really and really got a very soft, gooey core. I'd say actually about Nigel. Mm. Mm. Mm, full of something. Um, so. Pre-referendum, he was very keen on the idea of a Swiss-style deal or a Norway-style deal. And now it feels like Brexiteers, I'm guessing like yourself, heard that there might be a Swiss-style deal on the table and you've all lost your your minds. So was was Nigel Farage lying then or has he changed his mind on the Swiss-style deal? I mean, see, these are just the little details. These are just the little quibbles that go when you make any kind of deal, which I... I Bless you, I don't think you really understand. I mean, what really Brexit was about is it was about us not being the servants, but being the masters. And that's what we're doing. You know, I'd rather be, in the words of Michael Caine, I'd rather be a poor master than a rich servant. What? What's that from? No, Michael Caine. So Michael, Michael Caine. Caine. Yeah. So he also said we should only blow the bloody doors off and it it sort of feels that maybe... I mean, I don't want to get sucked into a Brexit debate. I'm, You know, I'm just here to twiddle the knobs, but it does feel like maybe we've blown more than the bloody doors off. Well, I'm just saying, you know, you can talk about the little deals until the cow comes home, but th- those are just the details, aren't just they? Silly just, facts. Silly, just facts. silly silly but, but little Harriet, facts. Sorry, I, I need to just f- focus your attention on things like the ABR reports that came out just this week, and it's showing us a massive, massive impact to our treasury. We're talking about a loss of £40 billion worth to the treasury because of lost output per year. When you bear in mind Hunt and Sunak are scrabbling around now to plug a 50 or maybe 60 billion pound gap in our treasury and you've got that 40 billion loss on top of that a 42.6 billion pound divorce bill from from the eu for nothing it sort of feels like actually this isn't a little little detail that we should be overlooking marina do you know all i hear when i hear you talk about this freedom Uh that's the price that's that the we, price of freedom. It's a very expensive freedom. I, That's uh, the price of freedom. Right. We've broken free from the shackles of the EU. Harriet, there are so many business owners who don't feel very free at the moment. In fact, they feel the opposite because they are tied up in red tape. They are unable to trade with their largest trading block on our doorstep. It doesn't feel very free to them. What about the people that wanted to retire in Spain who are no longer able to do so? It doesn't feel very free to them either. What is this freedom? 
Well, we're going to get lots of more exciting trade deals. We're going to get exciting trade deals with Australia. We've got that already. No, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt, because that's been proven to be nonsense as well. George Eustace stood up in Parliament and actually said so himself. Now that he's got the freedom of of being a backbencher, he actually said himself that it was a terrible deal. He said the best clause in the deal was that we could get out of it. Martin, well, can you edit I that mean, bit out? I, I, well, I, it's, it's becoming increasingly hard to edit any conversation about Brexit to make uh, us, the, the, the programme, no, look Martin, like Martin, what you can do is you can, is if, you just, if you just cut a bit of Marina and sorry, then why, yes. go back to me you, saying about me, how we're sorry. Free. Yes, why would you... I'm hearing this. Mm. I don't know if I'm supposed to hear oh. this, but why would you cut that section out there, Harriet and Martin? <gasps> Oh, no, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm all about... We're not about censoring no, here. No, we don't... We're, we're not agreed to censored. come on if you were going to be cutting out... Uh, no, it no, wouldn't... No, don't cut... No, I tell you don't what. Don't cut anything on this programme. Just just um, for my editing, um, could, you, could you... Oh, well, actually, for an, an audio test, mm. could you um, just say the words, I agree... That would be great. That, that would where be you, really where, helpful if you. Where could, are you going to put that? Because I haven't actually what, said no, those words. Uh, no, no, I, w- I wasn't it's going to. It's just a bit of sort of audience back and fun, forth. Yes, it's just I'll a do. Fun I'll do thing. just the normal. I'll do one, two, three. Testing. There we go. Is that okay? Okay. No. Yep. Yeah, that's. I think maybe we should just push on with the uh, the next uh, the next uh, segment. Um, well, yeah, the, the, Martin, that didn't do work. I was just going to say, uh, Marina, that in your line of work, I mean, you come up against a lot of people that have got opinions, very strong opinions, and um, you are often, I, I think it's fair to say, um, the sole voice of the left, or you know, come even on. even the the, the centre. Um, how do you? Um, manage to um, just to keep on going in the face of such adversity because I do find myself in a very similar, very similar position. I just don't, I, I yeah, feel right, a Martin, little we alone. We don't hear about your Sometimes, personal life. Okay. Come on, Sorry, Martin. Yes. Um, just maybe drop me a WhatsApp after this because I, I understand you. I, yeah. I despair quite a lot. I think actually what keeps me going is that it's um, it's it's really easy. I find to actually go on these shows and. Apologies, no offence, Harriet, but to dismantle the opposition's argument, because Harriet, what you've shown here today is that it feels like you don't know the detail. And it feels like, therefore, if I can go on something like Jeremy Vine up against someone like Harriet, I do invite, I'd invite you on, I'll I'll put a word in Jeremy's ear, because I I feel like the public need to see these sorts of arguments. And that might help them realise that actually... On the right, with people like Harriet and Farage and all these people that are flip-flopping their ideas around, actually, there's nothing really there. And if you can just ask the right questions, you can expose the fact that they have been... I'm sorry, this is getting a little bit... But charlatans, you have sold a dream that Uh, doesn't exist. Actually, can I just say, Marina, I just want to direct you to a recent poll which found that Nigel Farage and Harriet Langley Swindon were 89% said that we were talking sense and saying this, the facts. You just said you didn't believe in polls. I said some polls. I said it, it depends where oh, you get right. your polls. Right, OK. This is a definitive poll. 89%. So I think by your own logic of let's listen to the polls, well, I, that came back to bite you, uh, didn't it? You uh, Harriet, what, what publication was this? Can Not I just important. Ask Another poll. Another poll oh, okay. uh, recently just actually just happened just uh, just during this interview. Ninety three percent of our listeners 
felt that uh, Harriet Langley Swindon was was right and Marina Perkis was wrong. About, I didn't about... think we were running any polls at the moment. Yeah, we've Harriet. been running Is a this, poll throughout this. Have you? Throughout what this was it? Who gave you access to the? What was it about? The poll. Really, it doesn't say specifically oh, it's what it's about. No detail again. No detail. Oh. Oh. Um, well, I think you're just saying that because you're a sore loser and you lost the polls. No, sorry, it's like, you okay, lost the polls. Martin, I think, right, we'll yes. talk about this later. I, I, didn't, I didn't expect this type of um No, it's interview. quite a lot. I'm very sorry. I'm, I'm very happy to have you on the programme, to be um, honest. Sorry, it I feels just, for once I, that we may have no, the, uh, the overhand here. I just want to draw your attention to another poll, which says, and this poll's been running for a few weeks now, says producer Martin's, uh, how many people did the people thought producer oh. Martin's opinions were null and void? And that was an That's... overwhelming 100%. I don't know why we have to bring that poll up in front of Marina. So I, I just, mean... I'm going to assume it's another bullshit. Oh, sorry, apologies for my language. I'm sort of... No, it's quite all right. It's, it's not, quite all right. It's not a bullsh... Bull poll. You say bullsh... Poll, I say um, not bullsh... Poll. Okay, snappy. That's, that's yeah. good. You can put that as the tagline for this week's episode, okay, Martin. Okay, yeah, I'll just... I'll make a note yeah. of that. Do, does you. Jeremy Vine ever reach out? Have you, have you ever been asked to go on the show? Oh, I mean, I think all the time, doesn't he, Martin? Martin deals with all of those. I think he always yeah. wants you, to come on. It's hard sometimes to get through. We get a lot of we get a lot of um, emails, Lovely and they're emails. mainly written in capital letters. And you don't really know what you're dealing with until you, you're really in the thick of it. And um, yeah, I have a pretty full time job just sort of uh, sifting through That's those. Strange because so, they literally uh, just WhatsApp me. It's really simple, and it's just but uh, Marina. I sorry, I don't give out my WhatsApp to anyone. No, not even Jeremy Vine. No, no, no. Okay. Now, Marina, we're, we're almost running out of time, so I just want to draw your attention because, you know, it's not often that we get a left-wing opinionist on, so let's give our opinions on the particular news item this week, which was Tory Pear, Michelle Moan, uh, secretly receiving £29 million from VIP Lane PPE firm. A lot of fuss about nothing, I think. What, what's your view? I think there's a lot of fuss, and there needs to be more fuss, and there need to be criminal proceedings here. I think this is absolutely scandalous and I think it just is the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the corruption and cronyism that we saw during the pandemic where basically government just raided the taxpayers purse here through the VIP lane which was found by the way to be unlawful by the high court so this is so, so Michelle Moan, as I understand it, has repeatedly denied any connection to PPE, Med, PPE Medro, I think was the, the firm. And then what's been revealed in The Guardian today is that she has ended up with £29 million worth of the profits from this company who took this government contract, which she lobbied the government for, has ended up in her bank account. To be fair, Marina, it's just friendism, isn't it? Uh, what, you- sorry? Friendism, no, and I don't know what that R- is. Rather than friendism, I, look, I'm not justifying it. I think, of course, it needs Sounds to be like investigated. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying, playing devil's advocate. You know, in tough right, times. So, okay, can I add? Sorry, I forgot to add a detail, and you don't do detail. Okay, but fine. I've got to add actually a massive chunk. So I think uh, I think the contracts overall were worth about two hundred million. Um, now, worth noting, Kay Burley pointed this out on Sky this morning, a massive chunk of this PPE that was sourced wasn't even usable. It was faulty or wasn't up to the specs that were needed. 
that is a huge waste of taxpayers' money. Yes, but, you know, taxpayers' money, I mean, it, it depends where you're putting it. I mean, we're going to talk about taxpayers' money. Let's talk mm. about all the money they give to defend criminals in our courts. You know? Actually, I think you'll find that our criminal justice system is also in crisis because of underfunding, which means that legal aid is a problem now and we've got a massive backlog in the courts. So I don't think too much of our taxpayers' money is actually going there. So no, I think you and your listeners should focus on those massive chunks of money going to Tory cronies for nothing. Well, all I'm saying is that in times of crisis, which the government was, you turn to your friends. And if you turn no, to your you friends... Don't. Marina, come on. This be isn't serious. a friend. We're not we talking all about got PPE contracts Harry, from the government. Serious? We're we not all talking did about it. a bunch of friends here uh, just going for a drink and needing to one person to help the other in times that are tough. We are talking about a, glo- a response to a global pandemic. You don't just t- turn to your mates. We know that there were plenty of established PPE firms that tried to reach the government that were unsuccessful. All the while, you had people like Michelle Moan and I'm sure many, many others. Let's not forget Matt Hancock's. Well, sorry, can I just say National Treasure Matt Hancock said in the jungle that he did the best they could and, and the whole PPE contract thing, he, you know, it was very crazy times and he had to give it to his friends. That's what it we do. It was crazy times. We just, you know, yeah. when, um, what's that What's that quote, um, Martin, that Beatles lyric? Um, oh, I get by with a little help from my friends. And I think that's very nice. So to conclude this interview, I think we've categorically proved that I'm right and you're wrong. Uh, so thank you so much for for coming on the show and listen you know you tried and i thought that was very sweet and i don't know maybe you can you okay. can you I'm can sign write off now talk about it Ma- um, Ma- marina um I, I just want to say i i think you're wonderful and uh, i i would like to text Martin. you maybe maybe i just need some help yeah yes. no problem at all. Um, I, I just um, i need some but i just to say i won't be coming on the show again Thank you. Okay, yeah. Okay, come on again soon. Thank you, Marina. Thanks very much. Well, that was the show. Quite a week, eh, Martin? Oh, absolutely. I'm all drained, but I'll I'll have a a rest and then I'll, um, I'll be ready for the next episode, I think. Please do like and subscribe. It really helps get people's attention to this podcast, which we want. Absolutely. I would like uh, to make an appeal to all of our listeners to please, just if you haven't already liked and subscribed, just click like or subscribe. I don't. Re- I haven't no, looked actually, no, at like the app in a while. Yeah. Um, five stars is what we're looking for. Yes, please. And um, why, why not tell a friend? Why not reach over to someone next to you and say, <laughs> I've just been chuckling away at a wonderful podcast. Producer Martin's great. I mean, they would be chuckling, would they? They'd be listening intently. Oh, yes. And moved, no, yes. Uh, and their brain would be stirred. Yes. It's but just sometimes there's jokes. Some, sometimes, sometimes there's jokes. But when he shuts on. Ah, yes, of course. With thanks to Rosie Holt, Brendan Murphy, Jos Norris, Athena Kublenu, Will C. Bag Montefiore, Ed Morris, and Marina Perkis. And of course, sponsors Manscaped. We'll be back next week for some more non-censored. 